We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. We are live. Welcome to the RG DFS Tournament Takes Podcast. I am your host, Chris Kirkwood, screen name Kirk Dees. A little bit light here in the booth this week, uh, missing one of our co-hosts, Brett, who's off uh, vacationing with uh, his family. Uh, I think he's visiting his brother um, in Florida, so uh, the best to him. Um, he's already had COVID, so I guess he doesn't have to worry about that. Um, but uh, here with my uh, other co-host, the number one DFS player in Canada, back again to join us on the pod, Toe Tag and Tambo, Tyler Tambolin. We're back for week 10. How's it going, my man? I'm good, man. We don't need Brett when we got the number one Canadian DFS player in the world Numero uno. in Canada. Numero yeah, geez, man. Certainly doesn't feel that way. I'd love for a week to go my way here that uh, something happened. Golf right now. Got a few sweats out there. Certainly not the best day losing EVR in my $4,500 mega, but that is one of the worst things that could happen. So that's the way it goes sometimes. I do have some other good sweats. So hopefully by the end of the weekend, at least something to talk about. If not, though, do it with football. So, yeah, good to be back, man. It's crazy that it's week 10 already, though. That's, uh, you know, the year's just flying by right now. Indeed. Um, yeah. Uh, how did you make out last week? Not the greatest, I would say. Uh, you know, a couple th- errors, maybe they're errors. I don't know, nothing you can really do about it, but it just sucks when uh, Justin Jackson was in a couple of my best lineups there and, and he was, you know, injured on the first play or whatever it was. There was some back and forth speculation, whether it was warm-ups or the first play or whatever. It just was, regardless, it was brutal. So that one hurt. Uh, not enough Locke, Judy, Luton, Chark, Stacks, things that, you know, really in the tournaments that I'm playing, those are the ways that you need to go to get to the very top and had some of them, but not enough of them. So hoping that this week's a little bit different and this week feels like a pretty chalk week. So how, how did you do last week? Uh, it was, I mean, I did well overall. Um, I won money, which is always nice, but um, 
I had a, a good week on Yahoo because I had Dalvin Cook over there. Um, could have been a fantastic week, but I had Connor and uh, Edmonds as my last two running backs, but I still did very well. Um, I had all the right receivers and whatnot, but uh, on DK, I was crushing, except I didn't have Dalvin Cook. Um, but uh, I basically had, you know, all the best wide receivers. I mean, I had like uh, McLaurin. Um, I don't even remember. I had Judy. Um, anyway, I was like looking like a lock to like take down a ton of tournaments. And because I was sitting on uh, Edmonds and Connor, who I just needed just normal games from. And then James Connor wasn't used whatsoever. So that was disheartening. I was also like 20 points out of first in the, in the Wildcat um, with a lineup with uh, Justin Jackson left. And so I, I lost one, I lost him there. So that was bad. So it was like, it was still good. I still had a profitable week, but it should have, it felt like I, I just left so much on the table from run bad at those, at that, la those four o'clock games. But, uh, and so then I dumped, uh, I was on tilt and dumped a bunch in showdown. And then I dumped some more <laughs> in golf uh, PGA for the masters, which I didn't want to play. And uh, man, screw you, uh, Um but uh, here we are, so week bad. 10, trying to get over it, making it. So now I'm going to be firing this weekend. Um, but, uh, yeah, this, this weekend definitely seems all about chalk. So I was, you know, just running through the slate. You know, we've got our, uh, our slate of games, uh, 11 games this week. But um, there's just one game that just looks so much better than the rest, at least to me. I mean, it's, like, hard to avoid. So – we start off with the the Bills, you know, who you, you everybody knows that I, you know, basically there's two two flags I plant over and over every single week on this on this podcast, and it's Josh Allen and it's Kyler Murray for uh, the quarterback positions, and now they're playing each other. So how do I not like this game, um, especially when uh, Brown looked really good last week with, um, I mean, Allen looked really good with Brown last week, you know, who looked healthy, and. Uh, I had him all over the place uh, last week. Um, so 56 point game total, but that game's going to get so much ownership. So it'll be interesting to hear from you how we're going to attack this. And then we've got like mega running back chalk with Mike Davis, who's just mispriced at the, the minimum because they thought McCaffrey was going to be back. Um, so, and some other running back chalk, but other than that um, Buffalo uh, Arizona game, we do have some other spots. So, you know, we definitely have, you know, we always look for a Seattle game, right? Like on the slate and we've got uh, Seattle on the road uh, to the Rams and uh, that game has a 54 and a half point total. And some interesting news has popped up. There is um, uh, who's out um, in the uh, Shaq Griffin is out for the, uh, the Seahawks. So their secondary um, is just even more is just even thinner than usual. And uh you know, they're a good run defense anyway. Yeah. So um, that's uh, – you're going to – I mean, I'm definitely looking at some Rams some Rams pass catchers, but, like, Cooper Cup's injury is a little bit worrisome, but maybe that will lighten some ownership there. Um, other than that game, there's uh, – I mean, the Raiders just always seem to come through for, like, a good, good game script. Um, Raiders and the Broncos, that game could be interesting with a 51-point total. Uh, we got our man, Justin Herbert, again, who's balling with Keenan Allen, um, this time traveling to Miami, uh, take on the Dolphins, 48. Um, 
Then we have uh, Tom Brady, who just looked absolutely atrocious against the Saints, uh, heading to in a get-right spot, heading into Carolina. Um, that game is a 15.5-point total. Um, you know, and he has got a whole arsenal of weapons now, hopefully another week of uh, game planning and practice with uh, Antonio Brown. Um, and you know he's going to be looking to try to put up some points in that one. Um, other than that, there's uh, Washington, Detroit Lions in the Dome. There's Green Bay, who's a two t- close to a two-touchdown favorite against the Jags you know, at home. And what else we got? We've got uh, Giants, Eagles, some interesting plays there. And uh, Browns, Texans, there's a chalky running back for sure. I guess there's some weather concerns again in Cleveland. Yeah. Is that correct? Yep. Yeah. I don't know. How's it looking to you? I'm with you. I get it. And like you said, it's kind of funny. It actually is true. You know, your guys, Allen versus Kyler. It's just what you've been waiting for all season. So I'm sure you'll be all over those game stacks. I think the one thing with that is that it is like, you know, just looking at it now, it looks like almost 30% of the ownership on the slate is leading to that game. Maybe it goes more by game time. So there's some other ways you can go. One you didn't, I like a lot of the ones you did mention. I'll hit on that in a second. But one you didn't mention that I kind of like as you know, sort of an interesting game is one of the later games and it's uh, Bengals versus the Steelers. Joe Burrow should be coming from behind. You know, he likes to throw it like about 50 times a game. So uh, I don't mind that game. There's some plays in there. You know, Pittsburgh's been clicking lately. Definitely with you on Seattle against the Rams, but I'm, I'm more on the Russell Wilson side than I am some of this golf talk that I'm hearing out there. So uh, I'll go with that. I, you know, I don't mind that one. Herbert versus Tua. Super excited for that game. Tua showed something last week. Herbert's been on fire. So uh, getting those two teams together with like a 48 and a half, 49 total, whatever, that's looking pretty attractive. Carver's lock is, you know, one of those games where it just feels like it's going to suck, but also at the same time, because that, because everyone thinks like that, it's like when you get that Thursday Island game that everyone says is going to be absolutely terrible, then it just ends up shooting out. That's the sort of game that I could see happening there between those two guys. And the only other one that I really like that you mentioned, you know, the other ones have pieces, Green Bay, Washington, Detroit, those ones. The other one that I like, and you called it, is the uh, the get right spot for Tom, the Tampa Bay Bucks. man, bring them back. They got a, a week fresh of Antonio Brown. So many guys that, you know, Evans, Godwin, Gronk, Brown, you just that whole offense going against Carolina when that game has the biggest chalk piece of the entire slate there has to be a way we can work this in and make this happen. So, you know, that's the one I'm, I'm excited to talk about as well for one of the morning games there. Yep. Um, all right. So this is going to be really interesting. So it's good that we start with the running back position this week because we've got to at least discuss how we're going to approach Mike Davis and what we're going to do. He's min price. He's uh, Bonifon looks like he's going to be out again. So he's pretty much all they got. He's uh, definitely workload, gets a, gets a monster workload, utilizing the passing game, has been coming off of uh, three straight complete duds, um, two of them, um, or one of them, which was a good matchup, but two of them that were tougher matchups with uh, KC and New Orleans, but still um, three poor performances in a row. But he's min price, right? So I know, like, I guess there's two ways to even discuss this. But, like, there's one, like, like single-entry tournaments and smaller field stuff. What do we do? And then there's, like, large field stuff, like the Millionaire Maker, the Wildcat. And, what, like, what do, we, what do we do there, like, one versus the other? Um, how are you leaning, at least at this point? Like, what's your uh, – how are you going to approach 
tournaments with Mike Davis this week. It's just so bad, the pricing, man. Like, it's, it's like you said, it's pretty obvious if you're in something, you know, higher dollars, smaller entry, it's, you, you know how you could leverage a field is go off them, but I think the optimal play is just to put them in there, right? You, you plug them in. The challenges for something like the Millie Maker, I don't think, but even then, I, I don't know. I was going to get your take. I know you're the host and, and kicked it to me right away, but the thought process for me is this, and then you can have the rebuttal, I guess, is that I've seen in the past where some really strong tournament players will just jam them all in, lock button it, and then start getting different in their stacks and, and other ways around it. And then I've seen guys completely fade it and just say the obvious, if you know he's going to be 50% or 40%, then that's just the play is to fade it. So you, you can look at it those two ways. It's really hard to pick the third way, but I have seen where some people do like, you know, 75%, not go all the way and then leave that 25% open and make sure the lineups that he's in are sort of the wacky stacks, you know, a little bit more, you know, unique stacks. And then, in lineups that, you know, they're building without him, they'll do it in a sense where they'll, you know, pay up, use like a Josh Allen, John Brown, whereas most people will be on Josh Allen and Diggs with Mike Davis. They would go Josh Allen Brown and, and use Mike, you know, use them in that or, or something like that. Or, you, or sorry, not use them in that because they want it to be different at the $4,000 spot or the cheaper spot in a wide receiver position and then pay up at running back. So, that's the three ways. I think, you know, at least one of them is bad, but what's your thoughts on how to use them in something like the Millie maker or even the $9 slant that we typically max every week? I, th- I was thinking about this. I think it's correct to be underweight for sure. Um, in the large field stuff, I'm more the way my, I was more thinking about like having more issues about, cause I have more of my action in kind of the higher stakes, like single entry stuff or uh, smaller field stuff that I like to play. That's where I'm like, I'm thinking like everyone's probably just going to just, just play them and just, you know, just have one less spot to worry about. Um, yeah. But I think in the large field stuff, I think we, I think it, I think you, the correct answer is you should be underweight. Now you could fade him completely, but I think that's kind of dangerous in its own right. But like, realistically what's his upside in this matchup against tampa bay who's really good against the run third and dvoa against the run and uh after uh three straight underwhelming performances i mean what what would you what do you if you had to like i know we we look at median projections ceiling projections and whatnot but what do you honestly think that he probably puts up in a game like this it's tough to say that. I mean, this is the thing you mentioned it though. CMC out, Bonifon likely out. If you go back to the earlier part of the season, a lot of what he was getting was, you know, nine targets, six targets, 10 targets. He even got six targets against the chiefs. So, I mean, there's that and they're all pretty good. He's, you know, he's catching these balls. So that's, you know, five, six, seven points right there. Plus the yardage, call it 10, whatever he does with it. You know, that's 10 points just like that on just that. And now he gets some attempts. I know it's a, an extremely you know tough matchup, but, all year we've seen some tough matchups get beat. I think it could just be a check down fest. And, you know, the more I think about it out loud and the more, you know, you say that and just, you know, doubling down on the thoughts is, yeah, probably just go way underweight. Do the opposite of what I said of, you know, the overweight stands, do it underweight. And the ones you use them in, just make sure you're using them correctly, but just go elsewhere. There's a lot of other plays that we'll get into, guys that we can like. There's more injuries to come or, you know, things that could possibly pop up that we'll talk about. There's game scripts that you could play out like something in the Packers game as we'll talk about after where maybe that runs out a little bit differently than, than most things. So yeah, I'll, I'll probably go underweight and just use them in some of the lineups where 
I, I need that value there and I have a unique stack already. That's pretty much how I'm looking at it after talking through it with you. Yeah, and I mean, the, the thing we do know too is that the Bucks do give up a bunch of targets to um, opposing backs that, you know, it's, that's just because they, they shut down so much of the straight running up the middle. There are a lot of the target share for these teams have, have come through the running back pass. And you, we know that they're going to want to use Mike Davis. And so unlike DraftKings, that just makes it, it just, it just seems like he's a lock for, I mean, like you, you were throwing out like six targets, five, six. It seems like that's a lock. Like yeah. he's probably going to catch those. So that's like five or six points in, in like, that's without any production whatsoever. And if he finds the end zone, then he's just completely pays off. That's the challenge, right? It sounds like yeah. eight to 10 is like his floor. And so you're like at 4K, eight to 10 is that. It's just, do you think he has a, a, a way to a ceiling here? Because if he the, does- So the thing is like, and then- and then those lineups are going to be able to fit in like the higher priced wide receivers. So I guess a function of this will be what we really think about the higher priced receivers. And if we can, we can beat them with like a mid range wide receivers. And then, because uh, if you yeah. feel confident you can, then, then we should be able to pivot around at running backs and, you know, look for some more upside, but I hear you. It's a tough decision. Um, other than that, um, I mean, there's another guy there's, uh, who's going to end up getting a lot of ownership now because David Johnson's been ruled out as Duke Johnson. Um, he should be pretty popular. It just makes it – I mean, he, he could be a natural pivot from Mike Davis, but, like, so many lineups are going to be the, the, that combo together. But uh, you get the little revenge narrative back in Cleveland against a team that didn't utilize him enough. Um, but uh, we talked about if they want to check it down or use them in that sense more because of that, you know, there's a, a reason they could go to that. Yep. Um, so that he's an interesting one. Then other than that, we've got, um, I mean, how do you not like Aaron Jones? So like Aaron Jones in his first came back, game back um, where we weren't really sure about his health. We thought they might have a lighter load for him. He still got 15 rushing attempts in that game. He didn't find the end zone, which he um, likes to do. But um, And also, it was a tough matchup against San Francisco. But now he's had uh, 10 days um, off because of the, the Thursday night game in the last one. So he should be all ready to go in this one. And facing the Jags as two touchdown favorites. And yes, um, the the Jags are absolutely pathetic against the pass. They're I think they are they think they're dead last. They, they are dead last in DVOA versus the pass. Twenty first in the run. They're bad everywhere. Um, but uh, and Aaron Rodgers is absolutely going to be able to do what he wants through the passing game. But it just seems as two touchdown favorites, it just makes a lot of sense to feed this guy. And I def I I think he's definitely getting or at least one rushing touchdown in this game. Um, I would say so. I mean, it's hard not to like him and his price is so, so favorable, at least for like a top end stud, right? Like 7,100 as opposed to like the 8,200 for Alvin Kamara. Um, I don't know. I, I like Aaron Jones a ton. You have to like Kamara too as well, although it's a tougher rushing matchup. There are some, some reasons, you know, that you can, you can make the case to, to, to fade Kamara. He'll be pretty popular. Um, with Michael Thomas now being back and uh, Drew Brees looking good through the pass um, and, you know, Emmanuel Sanders healthy again. So he's got all their pass options plus Taysom um, Hill had a, had a lot of usage in the last game. 
so there's there's and Latavius Murray always can eat into that. So there, you know, there are reason a case to be made to fade Camara. Um, and then we then from there, there's guys like man, it would just crush me. I might have to do it anyway to go back to James Connor when he just crushed yeah. my soul and Pittsburgh didn't use him whatsoever. But now another great matchup against Cincinnati. Um, and then uh, I don't know, there's and Miles Sanders. Like that's kind of like the, the, the top plays least for me at the moment. But I, there's also guys like Antonio Gibson, DeAndre Swift, Leonard Fournette. Uh, you know, Fournette's cheap. He look, you know, if he's the clear back, which it's looking like now, and I was kind of wrong, you know, but because uh, I was so high on Ro- Ronald Jones a couple weeks ago, and I wasn't sure how much Fournette would eat into it. But fumbles certainly didn't help uh, Jones's case. But Fournette is looks to be the lead guy now, um, so that's another option. But like, how are you? Uh, what are you making out of this whole like all those guys that I just mentioned? I actually like the Connor call that you mentioned. I know it's tough to probably go back to it. I, I did mention that game off the hop when you were reading them off there. I think that's how they get it done on their side. I think they go back to him he, because of last week. I think, you know, most people will definitely be off of him. And now it's, you know, he's healthy and ready to go. Why not just pound him out there against a, a division game, a division rival in Cincinnati. So I like that. The worry for me with Jones, I, I think a lot of people are liking him. They're coming around. His ownership is now creeping up there. A uh, couple things, I guess I don't want to go, you know, a word salad here, but with and Aaron Jones, 30% ownership is what we're seeing right now. But then we're also seeing 30% on Devontae Adams, but we're not seeing the ownership on Aaron Rodgers. You know, he's at 7% and Devontae Adams is $9,000. So here's the thing. If you remember back to the start of the season, we had this situation with like Dak, Amari and Zeke. And every, they just, it's not how it actually played out. They don't all get played. No one's really playing Jones and Adams together or anything like that. So I actually think way more people go to the Jones side here. I like the, the Rogers as being more expensive and, and ways you can get around it and fit it and do it. If you want to go back to that Mike Davis conversation we just had, that would be a way I would get to it. I don't really trust the 30% ownership at 9,000 right now. I think it could come in lower. And then, you know, just because it's easier to fit and there's way more wide receivers when we get to that position that we'll talk about. But the last part on Aaron Jones is just that we've seen him in some of these favorable matchups, even before his injury. You look at it, um, Atlanta, 22 points, but he's 7,100. You know, New Orleans, 16, Minnesota, 17. He he has a lot of like 17 and 19 point games sprinkled in amongst like a 48 against the Lions or 25, 32, those sort of games. So the, the challenge I have with that is that there's other guys around him, and I also worry you get guys like uh, Williams right there. Jamal Williams is 4K. I think he's a great tournament play because I think they're – what are they, 14-point favorites or something in this game? So, uh, you know, that to me, I think it's real. It's against Luton. I think it's a, a way you could go about it. You could use the Green Bay defense, expect that they get out early, and then Jamal Williams just goes all game because Jamal Williams is already cutting in to Aaron Jones before the injury. Now, yes, against a team like Detroit, he got there on half the snaps. But if you look at the game against Atlanta, when he put up 20 points, which was a great matchup, kind of like I think about this one, uh, Jamal Williams still had almost 19 fantasy points himself. And now we're talking about four grand versus 7,100. So long way of saying it, but I I do like, uh, maybe I'm eating up Brett's airtime since we don't have him this week, but I I do like Jamal Williams in tournaments as a way to be a little bit different and just sink to that next level versus just going to Rodgers and Adams as a way to level up because I, I do like 
him there. Other than that, I'm with you on um, Connor, who we just talked about. You mentioned, don't know about Kamara yet. I'm coming around a little bit more on him if this is what the ownership is going to look like. But I think Kamara still is getting some ownership. Uh, and then I like Josh Jacobs. I don't know if you still like your boy, Big Game James, this week in that same matchup. I feel like that's we're on the Green Bay side so heavy that he might not be a part of it. But I like, uh, I like running backs against Denver in general. I think he's got a good floor, high ceiling, 6,500 bucks. They've learned to you know, use him a little bit more in the passing game this season. And then Miles Sanders as well, right below. Not sure your thoughts as we get down into this range, but who do you like here, Kirkwood? Yeah, um, so I like James Robinson. I, I always like him. Um, I mean, the guy's just a baller, right? So he got 25 rushing attempts last week, even, you know, with Chris Thompson uh, definitely ate into some of the passing game stuff. But he's he's there. He did get two targets, and he is an option. It's probably more of a function of quarterback at this point, um, which is the, the the problem. But, like, still a monster workload. Um, and, uh, you know, Green Bay has just been atrocious against the run. Um, you know, that's the, that's the way that you can, you can, you can get a lot of fantasy production. So, uh, 20th and DVOA versus the, the run. Um, so I do like that call. I also, um, I love, I, so I do worry on, on that, uh, on, with Aaron Jones, I do worry about Williams eating in, but like, I just know the upside this guy can have and he, when he goes off, right? Like we've just flashed back to that oh, game sure. against, against Detroit and like, if he's eating those touchdowns, then, you know, which he's certainly capable of doing in this game, it could just be a monster, monster game for him. So I, I like him, but um, uh, Miles Sanders is a guy that you just mentioned that I like a lot. So, mm-hmm. you know, all set to return now against the giants um, when he's healthy, he dominates snaps. He, he ranks uh, seventh in targets per game for running backs, which should certainly come into play this week as the Giants have allowed the most targets to running backs um, so far this season. So um, you have to like that PPR upside if if he's going to get that the, the monster workload. I think we should assume that he will go back to his like 75% snap uh, share that he was uh, seeing before, but there is that worry that Boston Scott, you know, with uh, – how decent he's played could eat into that, but I'm, I'm approaching it. Like this is the guy that like, he was a a top 10 uh, or top 11 uh, season long pick to start the season. Uh, Best ball pick. Like everyone had monster hopes for him. He just injuries hasn't, has held him back, but, and uh, since the very beginning of the season, but if he's, if he's all set now, I'm just going to approach it like that and hope that he um, gets lower ownership than he should. So um, he's someone I, I definitely like. Let's see who else was it? Josh Jacobs. Um, man, it worries, it worries me because he's like all game script, right? And, yep. and Denver's good against the, the run now. So I'm not sure. And it, it's like, he's just not getting much usage, at least the, the last two weeks, certainly in the passing game. Um, can he get there and have a big game? Yes. Like, am I, am I, who would I choose between like him? There's a, that's, that range is real interesting because it's, I, I, I prefer Miles Sanders there. I prefer James Robinson. Um, I even prefer going up to James Connor and that should say something because I don't want to play this guy ever again after what he did to me last week. Um, and then, uh, from there, or I would probably prefer to just go down to Leonard Fournette and hope that maybe this is a game where they, 
he gets utilized in the passing game from uh, for more checkdowns and or has a lot of success on the ground, which most teams certainly do against uh, Carolina. So, man, there's there are a lot more options than it seems. So like and like so let's just start comparing prices, right? Like so we do have options other than Mike Davis, like for a little bit higher, right? So like Duke, we already said oh, yeah. Duke Johnson is five k, but like. Leonard Fournette's 5,500. It's not that hard to make that, to make that switch. DeAndre Swift, who's been electric, but let, yeah, he, Adrian Peterson and who, whoever the heck they just give carries to is, is tilting, but like, and Patricia loves to run. He's they're definitely their most electric back more so than uh, Peterson or carry on um, has been utilized in the passing game. Got five targets last week. Um, which is probably where they'll, they'll need to use him more against that uh, tough front um, of Washington. So um, plus it's uh, in the dome there. So like I, he could absolutely, you know, beat Mike Davis. Antonio Gibson is another guy that could absolutely beat Mike Davis up to, you know, for 1600 more. I mean, but it's, I know that's like a big difference in salary, but it's not that hard if you just like take a little bit off of one of the higher end receivers when you're making your builds, which there are certainly options to do. So the more I think about it as there's more, I think there's a lot of, there's, there's ways that we can definitely beat Mike Davis this week. <laughs> the, more, the more I think about it, the more I think about a full fade after all these options we just talked about. It's just like, I don't even know if I need them. You, you just talked about it. You know, a couple guys down there that I like that you mentioned were Swift. I'm with you on that one. There's some other things to come into play. One last thing I'll say on Jacob. So, and against the Denver D the Denver D didn't play anybody. If you go look at their schedule, when it's in a touchdown, uh, you know, this is just a team that doesn't see a lot. So I actually think that game script could be with a guy like Jacobs. So, I'll, you know, I'll stick with that. But then we got the injuries too. I know we're spending a lot of time here, but this is just to show you guys because I think Mike Davis is a big talking point this week. Joe Mixon's doubtful. You got Giovanni Bernard in that game. Uh, Chris Carson still didn't practice today and Hyde was limited as well. DJ Dallas back down there at 5,100. You mentioned um, DeAndre Swift, who I like. You mentioned uh, Leonard Fournette, Antonio Gibson. Both guys, one of those guys in that game goes off, I think, between Gibson and Swift. So I like both of those plays. Duke Johnson's right there, as you mentioned. Um, I forget what I saw on Wayne Gallman. But I don't think they've got much on the go here this week. And he didn't look that bad. You know, last couple of weeks, he's putting up 16, 13, and 15 for DK points. And he's way down at 4,500. So I think that's another guy uh, that you could try out. And Singletary may be in those game stacks, right? Just as a way to be different. It's, you know, going to be a, off a catch and run again or something like that. But not as high on him as the others. I'm just pointing out again, there's a lot of guys in these ranges that you can use. Yeah, and one last guy that I'll mention too is Jarek McKinnon. Um, basically, the the tired legs mantra is over. Uh, at least looked it to be looked to be over that uh, last week as he got um, twelve carries, fifty two yards, got four targets. But they're sitting everybody again this week. So uh, Mostert, uh, Coleman, both out this week. Um, so the uh, really, it's just. Michael Hasty and what you what you think of him and McKinnon and this is a this is a they're probably not going to have much success running through the tackles um, against the Saints typically and probably are going to need the uh, the passing work that McKinnon brings to the table and that explosiveness in this game so 
he's only 5,600. Now, certainly that's GPP and boomer bust, right? Like he could definitely bust for sure, but like I could take a chance with him in this one. Any, any thoughts? Yeah, yeah, no, I like him. And they always, you know, the thing about him was when they first got him, they wanted to use him a bunch, got injured right away. I, I know Shanahan loves him. So I'm, I'm in on McKinnon. Uh, over trying to take a shot with Hasty, but you know, I, I, so I'm with you on that one. I guess one more for you though, it just came to mind before we move on to quarterback. But do we go? We got to wait on the Drake news, of course. But what about going back to Edmonds? He still got all, 66 out of 69 snaps last week and 25 carries and just burned everybody. So what? What about going back to him in that game, or at least in game stacks? There, do you think that make it a little bit different when everyone's on the passing game, or or do you think people will find that out and if Drake's out, just gravitate there anyway? So here's my thoughts, right? So I, I like the idea. The usage is certainly there. He was a good play last week, right? Like he just busted. He just didn't have yeah. a good game. Um, 25 rushing attempts. You take that all day against Miami. Um, the the problem is, is I felt really stupid last week for being so confident with him because I was like, you just can't be confident in playing a running back next to Kyler Murray because Kyler Murray is the running back number one on that team, right? Like, so – Kyler Murray is basically if you if you met, he's he's on pace for over a thousand yards rushing and sixteen rushing touchdowns, which he has is eight on, rushing touchdowns since ten. Yeah. And so if you if you pace that out, like he'll have over a thousand yards and sixteen rushing touchdowns on pace to break Cam Newton's fourteen rushing uh, TD record when he was MVP. Um, so it's just, I just felt really dumb. Like, and I was just like, but like the game could break that way. You know, it could be that he has success and he punches it in the end zone, but um, I'm not in love with him. I'm plus Kenyon Drake's uh, a game time decision now. So that would certainly muddy the waters um, as well. If, if he's back and playing. So that'll be news to stay on, but let's assume Drake is doesn't is out again. I think he's a good play, but like, I'm skeptical because it's just like Kyler is just such a rushing threat down there. And it's just like, it's, yeah. but, but for, for large field GPPs and making your stacks in a way to get, play that game differently. Absolutely. Right. Like, will I make lineups that have that play the game that way that have Josh Allen to digs and come back with uh, Edmonds? Yes, I will. Like, cause that's, that's a way you to, to play it. Um, do I like it better personally than, than, uh, playing uh kyler and the in the passing game options like kirk or uh, hopkins no i don't but uh certainly it's worth the play um i guess so is that uh should we just go into quarterback now since we started that's talking a great about kyler? it's a great segue yeah and it's funny too i just looked it up because i was like eight, i forgot he had eight i've been seeing all the stats all week they've been flashing up cam newton you just mentioned his mvp season they flashed up lamar jackson's mvp season last year uh you know everything these guys were doing and then you got Josh Allen, five of his own, right? Rushing TDs on top of these big games, these 33, 39-point DK fantasy games. So it's crazy. This game is one that is very interesting to talk about just because it's like you, you can't leave these guys out. I think that's way too aggressive. It's, it's how do you play these guys and be different with them? And that's what I'm going to be thinking about, you know, building groups on lineup HQ, doing stuff like that to try and find a way just to think about what's going to be different and how you can build your lineups differently this weekend to hopefully beat some of this and leverage up. So what, what are your thoughts with your two boys? Cause I know those guys that you've been talking about all season together and now they're playing each other. I, I love them. So like me, I may just decide to just like jam everything with Kyler and Josh Allen and not play any other quarterbacks, which I know is dumb. And I'm probably going to like 
probably gonna like, there's probably gonna be some other quarterback that goes off, whether it's uh Justin Herbert or somebody somebody that like breaks the slate at lower ownership and uh uh Deshaun Watson, perhaps, um Aaron Rodgers. I'll I'll, I'll play some Aaron Rodgers because like I don't really want to play much Devante without Aaron Rodgers. So because it's just like I'll either I'm gonna separate those two. Like I'm either gonna have I'm gonna have more of Aaron Jones number one, like because I like him. Um, number two, if I have um, Adams, it's just gonna I'm gonna just you'd only the way I see him absolutely getting there is with Aaron Rodgers coming along for the ride. And uh, even though there's really not many other pass catching options besides uh, Adams there, but that's just the way I'll, I'll end up playing it. So I'll, I'll play some Aaron Rodgers, but like. I just want to like, these are my two guys. So like I said, Kyler, like the, just on pace to have absolutely monster year. Right. And then, so Cardinals games, they, they average um, over the last four weeks um, have averaged the most combined plays per game over the last four weeks. Right. So we we're getting an uptick in plays, Josh Allen, the, probably, well, I don't, I don't think it even matters either way. Like one of these teams is going to get out to a lead, right? Whether it's Kyler or Josh Allen, Josh Allen is plays better with the lead number one. Um, And, uh, but they're going to have to hurt. Like one of these, both of these teams love to just hurry up and get, get, get their guys going. They love to get um, rushing yards. So it's like Kyler is definitely the one that rates out better because he's at home. I probably like Josh Allen even better. Um, But like, they're both amazing plays to me. So I'm just going to plant my flag. I'm just going to, I'm probably going to end up going just all in on these two, but I know that that's not like the right thing to do, but it's like this, these are my guys. So I feel like I have to, but the thing with Kyler, right. He's getting better. He's getting better with his passing. I mean, he's getting more comfortable with uh, Christian Kirk has now looked electric um, for multiple weeks now. Um, uh, Nuke has taken a back seat, but that's also been to matchups now. um, Granted, um, uh, Hopkins will probably see Tredavious White in this one, but he's a bang. We've talked about this before the show. He's a, this is a banged up Tredavious White who hasn't been playing that great. And uh, grown man uh, DK Metcalf just absolutely abused him. Yeah. Right? Is he and, banged up or has he got hurt feelings? Because I was just going to say that all this talk about matchups, and we had this conversation last week, and DK did his thing. I know White ended up with an INT late in the game, but I watched pretty much all of that game in the background, and man. DK is something else. We're going to get there, though. That's, that's a good conversation to have in a minute here with Russell Wilson. Um, also, Bill's defense ranks uh, 27th in fantasy points allowed on the ground to opposing quarterbacks. So they're giving up a lot of uh, rushing yards to opposing quarterbacks. Um, Kyler's just brings that to the table. So he's got, like, you, what you need is a rushing quarterback, and you need two solid pass-catching options. And you have that here. You've got that with both teams. So you've got – You've got Hopkins and Kirk now with Kirk being back healthy. I think that's been the huge difference to this offense. Um, and then you have that with uh, Buffalo, right? So, cause with John Brown back, they certainly look dynamic. Now we know Diggs is the absolute target monster and we'll get into that at the wide receiver. His numbers are just absolutely gaudy at this point. Um, but John Brown's back uh, is a deep threat was also used as a short-term intermediate guy last week was just racking up uh, receptions, you know, Got what really killed me last week. I ran so horribly. Is that him getting tackled at the one or the two yard line when he could have got in for the 
touchdown. But not only that, he missed the 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 hundred yard bonus by one yard. So I was on mega oh, yeah. tilt there. Um, but uh, anyways, he looked awesome. And when when he's rolling, then um, the Josh Allen can can roll too. And um, also, you know, Tua had great success: two fifty yards, two touchdowns last week against uh, against this same defense. Um, that's the Cardinal secondary, extremely thin and banged up. Um, they uh, after lose, they've you know lost some key guys. They lost another guy to COVID, who may be back this week, but we're not sure yet. But regardless, and then you know they they rely on uh, Patrick. Uh, Patrick Peterson, man. Peterson, old man Peterson right? now. But he's getting older. Who's getting older and is not is definitely not the shutdown corner that he once was, but he's still decent, but uh certainly not the shutdown that he is. So I just have a hard time. And I see this monster total, like you it's also this this is played in a dome too, correct? Uh, yeah, Arizona. Yeah, yeah. And so like I just like it's just I I can't get I, I just think this game is gonna go absolutely bananas and like I'm gonna be there for it with everybody else <laughs> which is the problem i think but. it's okay i don't hate it like you know i gotta see where i'll end up you could still again look i'm looking at their ownership series call it 15 a piece you could go 30 a piece and then you still got 40 percent of your lineups to play with if you want to take some shots here i do think and you know you spent enough time on them probably i'm with you it's how you're going to be using them like you said old man well i guess i said old man peterson i think Diggs can still get them right Diggs has just you know been doing things at will and it's especially better for Diggs when Brown is back. It helps Brown, it helps Tim, and it helps Allen. It's, it's a win-win for that squad in general. I'll mix them up some, but uh, I do like the Josh Allen side if everyone's going to go up and pay up for Murray there. So I, would, I might separate it some. I might go 20 and 10 and go underweight on Murray and overweight on Allen if I'm doing 30% of my lineups that way or double it for 60%. That's the guys I like too, but it is interesting, the squeeze, right? The squeeze plays. Right in between, you've got Aaron Rodgers against Jacksonville, and you've got Russell Wilson against the Rams, who, I mean, I don't know how you could go down, uh, you know, go under on Russ here. And he's showing up right now even after Goff in the ownership projections. And I get it. It's a $1,200 price difference. But the season that Russ has been having, what he does, how good he looks, I'm not really scared of Ramsey at all. Now there's actually talk. At first it was going to be Ramsey who's going to shadow with DK Metcalf, which I would have loved because you already mentioned it, grown man DK Metcalf. It really don't matter. And they've talked about it, you know, openly. They want to be this one-two combo, him and DK. Everyone keeps worrying about you got to flip-flop this back and forth. And if you can predict which game, I still say just play DK because the fact that, you know, well, he, he does have the off games. It'd be nice if you could predict every single game accurately. I think if you look at it, DK is just way more likely. They're just not going to shy away from that. He's too big. He's too strong, too fast. Has the handles, everything for a guy that big. So I'm still in on Russ and DK. I like that side more. Lockett has the nice little slot matchup there. But now today's talk on Friday here recording this is that Ramsey's going to go with him a little bit more. And now he's going to cover both of them. Like, I don't think he's going to cover either of them. So you just have to figure out how you want to build your lineups accordingly. It's typically pretty tough to get Wilson, Lockett, and Metcalf together. But we've already just talked about all these value running backs. The only worry I have is, you know, them sealing getting to their ceiling for all of them. Then, then it makes it a little bit tougher. But if Russ throws four and it's to them, that would be kind of what you'd have to see happen. So um, there's that. I already mentioned earlier, I like Rodgers and Adams. I think it's expensive for people to afford. But with, you know, some value on the Jacksonville side, I think you could run sort of a, a skinny stack there with Rodgers, Adams, run it back with one Jacksonville player. 
and go from there. So I, I like that. And man, the other two up here, I know it's, you know, I'm naming everybody at the top. So you got to play your own lineups accordingly, but I, I normally play like eight quarterbacks typically. And yes, I'm going with six from up here, but Watson, since the, uh, the, um, the firing of the coach there, Brian, whatever they have, he's just been going off, right? If you look at his numbers, I'll, I'll go back here. I had him up just a second ago. You know, he's got 24, 27, 35, 30, and 24 DK points in the last six, only one game at 281 that he failed to hit the 300 yard bonus. He's rushing for 25 to 50 a game and somehow hasn't rushed for a touchdown yet. I know that there's weather in this game that may worry some, but at 6,900 with his options, he's got, um, who do I got here? Guys, you can use Cooks, Cobb. These are short pass guys. I I like Cooks. Of course he's got Fuller, but I'm saying if you you are even worried about this weather, I'm not yet too worried about it. See how it goes come Sunday, but uh, I'd still use a guy like Cooks who can catch a little eight-yard pass and just do just that. You know, let Brandon Cooks. He'll, He'll take it right to the end zone for this guy. And then you got Watson being able to run it in from inside. He hasn't done it yet. Meanwhile, getting 25 to 50 rush yards a game over the last six. So I think he's got a lot of upside and you already mentioned him. Talk, I guess talk to me about Herbert. Uh, that game looks amazing. It's him versus Tua. You could take Tua as well down there below. I'll probably have a few shares at 5,600, but Herbert has just been on fire. What's your, what's your takes on Herbert over there? He's a fucking baller. <laughs> like yeah, he's, throws the ball a ton, man. It's crazy. And he, and it's the easiest stack ever with Keenan Allen because the, like the, the monster target share that he gets is just insane. And then also, um, Keenan Allen gets the matchup this week too. So like, um, because you know, with, although is Mike Williams banged up in this one? Is he, is he injured at all? I don't know. I don't um, think so. I don't believe so. No, no. Okay. He's good. Anyway, but so, you know, he should, he'll have the tough matchup with uh, Byron Jones or whatever. And they're the good corners that they have. And uh, the real, um, the, the place to, to attack um, Miami is in the slot. And so it just like sets up too easy, too easily for uh, Herbert. Plus like Herbert can do it all. He can do it on the legs. Um, and this is a, this is a Dolphins team is going to, is going to fade as we, you know, they, they overachieved last week and pulled out the, the, uh, the win. Um, but uh, I expect them to start getting worse and worse and they're getting a little bit more banged up missing players, uh, missing good running backs, you know, um, Breda is probably going to be out again. You know, I mean, they're, they're, they're back to, uh, who, who are they? They don't have, um, what's it, Who's my boy? Uh, God, I'm just masters on my head. The, the main running back who's out still, um, for Miami. Come on. This you- is the easiest thing ever. And I'm just slipping. I'm trying to think who you're thinking of here because Howard is supposedly you know, he's, in. He's the guy they have to use because of uh, Gaskin. Oh, Miles Gaskin. Yeah, I thought you were talking about Breda before, so that's why I was no. thinking about that. But, yeah, no. Um, it took me like a minute to even – We were all over him a couple weeks ago. Yeah, yeah. I actually was, I wasn't even thinking about that right now. I was thinking about Jakeem Grant was what was on my mind. But um, I mean, ahead. yeah, there's, 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 there's cheap passing game options for the other side with Tua. Um, but uh, yeah, so I, I love Herbert, but like going back to Watson, um, I, so if you do like him, I guarantee you that by Sunday, 
he he's gonna be like he, he's projected to be like a one two like like a top five or six um, uh, quarterback by ownership. I guarantee you by by Sunday it's just gonna fall deeper deeper because everyone's gonna have that last Cleveland game and that weather on their on their minds, and uh, they're gonna see these uh, twenty five mile per hour winds, and they're just gonna just going to fade it. But if you, if you think, if you're not worried about that, then his ownership is going to be extremely low. Yeah. So it was uh, Bill, Bill O'Brien. Like I said, since he's been gone, but chin there, he's been turning it up, man. He's definitely been good. And, and I just think there's other ways for him to get there still. And it's a little bit cheaper, right? It's 6,900 versus, you know, 7,500 for Allen or 8,000 for Murray. It, not saying he has the same ceiling, but if there's a way for one guy to level up against them, that's sort of, where I would go. And then Herbert, you mentioned, you know, just one more thing to add. I'm really laughing at this Keenan Allen price. We're not at wide receiver yet, but he was way too cheap. He has like a decent game with 21. They're like, okay, we'll bump him to 7k. He drops almost 30 and like, okay, 7.1k. We'll we'll move him up a hundred bucks more. It's like you said, I don't care about Xavier Howard, Byron Jones. They're good, but it's just the way they set up and how many targets and touches he gets. It's like, it's like a mini Hopkins or like a mini Devonte Adams at 7,100. So I'll definitely be playing that stack. I like Jakeem Grant on the other side. Just talk about ways to stack it up. I think that game is pretty interesting. And you know, two is going to want to prove what he's got, man. He's going to, you know, he's looked good so far in the little bit that we've seen him. So I think he's going to come out firing as well. And it's not like the chargers have a defense. So I think this game could be pretty low owned overall. When you talk about all the pieces combined for something like a game stack, and even Keenan Allen showing up at like 16, 17 right now could go up some, but you know, Jakeem Grant, 12, 13, they're getting talk, but they're not getting enough probably in my opinion, based on what this game could be like. Um, yep. Uh, and I guess the one cheap, so all right, give me your, so I know you said the, the, the get rights, we both agreed it was a get right spot for Tom Brady, but do you really want to play him this yeah. week? You do? do. So, so tell yeah. me why. Well, just, it's like you said, the matchup, the get right spot. I think it's, it was just getting things figured out last game. It obviously wasn't good, but also it's the Saints. It's a much tougher matchup, what he was going up against. It was prime time. It's, you know, everything that goes with it. Carolina is not good. They're down. You know, CMC was the only life they have, and it never really, you look at the, the long term with them, he, get, he racks up the stats, but it never really helps them in the win column. And, and I just think they're just so much worse. And just think about who it is. It's Tom Brady. It's Godwin Evans, Antonio Brown, who looked fine. And then Gronk is getting healthier. So you've got the, all those guys, man. And then you've got Ronald Jones, Fournette, like not saying these guys are good, but I'm just saying you have an offense that should be able to do damage. You have a matchup where you should be able to see it through. And he's only 6,300. So I don't got to risk as much. You know, I definitely want to have him in there. There's not a yeah. lot I love. Like I said, I like the other guys, but Go ahead. He's he's got insane pass catching options now. So you give him another week of yeah. practice. He's got Evans, Godwin, Antonio Brown, um, and so the reason I liked Tyreek Hill last week a lot. I liked Mahomes some, and everybody was saying how you know oh you run against uh, Carolina that's the easiest path. But like that's that's the easiest path for most teams, but not for teams with like uh, a quarterback Stacks. at the helm like that have that have Patrick Mahomes. That's a pass first team, right? So you know yeah. that they were going to come in there and you know that they're more talented and that, like this is still a bad, poor defense overall. And you knew exactly. he was going to be able to do his thing. 
And the same thing, I would put the same thing if it was Aaron Rodgers playing, going, showing up to Carolina. If it's Tom Brady showing up to Carolina, you know that these are pass first offenses, right? Like, so that's what they want to be. That's, that's who they are. And you know that they're still better than Carolina. So I wouldn't worry about like running backs. Um, so yeah. if you think, so it just makes sense for Brady. I get it. But the it, problem it's is, a, it's like, something that we, yeah, go ahead. I just don't, I just, I, I, I just you just know well you might get that one yard uh, QB sneak for the touchdown you might get that with Brady. There's certainly the challenge of yes you know you look at the guy 100 bucks more than him Drew Brees not saying to play him I just wanted to bring this up because I was looking at it earlier he got four touchdowns last week four passing touchdowns had a great game and scored like 23 DK points like it just they do absolutely nothing else I get that there is you know that piece to it. But I'm saying if you're going down in this build style, there's not a lot of guys around him. Herbert's a little bit more sure, and, and then more, another you know, 600 to get up from Brady to Watson, and you keep going from there. But I think what you just said is like the thing that tilts every DFS player, myself, you probably included, is like these guys don't care. They, they're going in. They're gonna, they want to win the game. They want to score points. They're not looking at it like, well, we know we've got this running back matchup. We should use these running backs no matter what. They go in. They say, we've got Tom Brady and all these pass catchers. We need to score the most points to win this game. Let's go do it. That's why you see Mahomes get it done, a guy like him, in three quarters or two quarters sometimes because they just put their points up the way they know how. They're not looking at it. And everyone's like, well, man, I don't know why they're passing it so much when they have this great rushing matchup because they don't care. They have no idea. They're just trying to score the most points possible. I think that's how Tampa Bay does it. We talked about all those pass-catching weapons that they have. The challenge is for me kind of like what you just said, but I'm still going to play some just because anything could happen. And then what if he gets like a quarterback sneak in there for one or, or something that can happen? It is Brady. I think there's a, a higher possibility. So I like him at just 6,300. Yeah, I, I'm starting to like him more because it's like that means a lot to me. It's like what's the team's identity? And that's a passing – passing team with passing weapons and they're going to want to get them all rolling this is a matchup they should be able to take advantage of so he could absolutely throw for four plus touchdowns in this game it wouldn't shock me whatsoever um the question is is how do you pick the receivers but we'll get to that in a minute um now the only other so i guess my pool if i was looking at so i i okay i'll i won't go 50 50 on kyler josh i'll have some more ownership I'll throw in. So maybe I'll go 40, 40 and 20 with the rest, but uh, I would use Aaron Rodgers, Like I said, Justin Herbert, Deshaun Watson is interesting um, because of the the ownership for sure. And I do see the upside like that you were saying too. Russ is there. Tom is there. And then the only cheap guy I think I would gravitate towards is, you know, just the garbage time hero of last week, Drew Locke, who I just think he's, I mean, he's not great, but I don't think he's that bad. And he's, he takes a lot of risks and he's willing to use his legs when he has to. Um, he's getting, you know, he's had, he's been dealt a bad hand with like, with his weapons, but like Jerry Judy is now an absolute stud and open at will. And their chemistry is, is coming on, you know, definitely improving, especially after, you know, 14 targets, seven receptions, 125 yards for Judy last week. Um, yeah. He's got a banged up shoulder, but, uh, all quotes say from the coach uh, Fangio that he expects him to play. So um, I wouldn't worry too much about that, but there's, you know, also has no fan. Like, so he's like, they're getting healthier. Their options are better. Their run game sucks. Like Lindsay and, and, uh, and Gordon are, are, are not great. I think Lindsay's probably better than Gordon, but 
regardless, I, I expect them to trail. These Oakland games just always end up popping off. And this is a guy who's just shown it that, you know, he just showed us last week that he can get it done in garbage time. So he's, he's, he's my last like cheap guy that I'm gravitating towards. I got two more down here and I'm not, you know, hundred percent in on these guys. These are just like flyers that I would take. And it's the same game. It's, the second of a division game, but you know, Philly, New New York, I think there's some plays in this game, you know, for Wentz guys are getting healthier. Wentz is 5,900. He's actually got some rush TDs of his own. He's almost like a mini Josh Allen for much cheaper. A lot of pass attempts definitely can throw on these guys. I think at 5,900, he's interesting. Uh, and then Daniel Jones, 5,200 in the same game, Philly, you can pass on these guys as well. 5,200. Last game against them, he ran for 92 yards against them. Yeah, he's, but the game before that against Washington, he ran for 74. He doesn't really rush in touchdowns, but then if you look at his pass attempts, he averages like 35 a game, right? So, you know, this is a guy that we could see a little bit of upside pop. I, I, we're going to segue here anyway to wide receiver, but I think, you know, a guy like Shepard, when we get to tight end, a guy like Ingram, the, these guys are decent plays this week, and we already said we like Sanders on the other side. So why couldn't you run that little three, one stack with Jones, Shepard, Ingram, run it back with Miles Sanders. I think that's an interesting way to look at it. And then also you got guys at wide receiver. If you want to run it back with a, a Philly wide receiver, this game could, you know, you never know the thing about the, the second division game is, and this will sound stupid because it's, you think this is how every game goes, but it's not, I don't think it's always true. One team could just smash, but typically in the second division game, it's either a shootout, or a, just a terrible defensive game because they've got it figured out or they've got angles that they're taking against the team. But I find them to be a lot closer myself, right? That, that's sort of how I look at it. So I think that if this game stays close, which I think it will, it's going one or the other. It doesn't need, if it's not going to be a blowout, I think that makes a lot of fantasy pieces enticing. And you could use either side of that. If you need the savings at quarterback, just drop down from Wentz and to Jones or vice versa. If you have some money, spend up if you think Wentz is better in those game stacks. So I will use some of that game as well. Yeah. I, he was like, he's the next guy that I would, would go to Jones. Uh, Which I'm one? All, jo- I'm Jones all set or- with, no, I'm all set with Jones. If he uh, made, <laughs> I mean, I, it wouldn't shock me, but it kind of would shock me. Um, the, I was all over Ingram last week. I'm going to pat myself on the back for that. Um, mm-hmm. That ended up helping me. But the problem was is that Kelsey ended up going off, um, without a touchdown in the, by the end of the game. But, like, the, it was just nice, the touchdown regression, to finally finally come and get, it, get in the end zone for the first time for Ingram. But um, I can definitely see uh, Carson Wentz, right? Like, you know, he, he can play terribly, but he can also play great. Um, we, we know the upside that he has. Like, there's, there's more of a ceiling there with, than with Jones from a passing game standpoint. He, all of his options are back now, like, with – not all out. Ertz is still gone, but Goddard is back. Goddard mm-hmm. uh, ran a ton of routes, was, wasn't utilized whatsoever in that game, but they've had much, I think they had, did they have the buy or there was it, it was an, uh, an Island game. Regardless, they had, I think, I think it maybe it was a Thursday night game. So they've had 10 days rest. Is that right? Regardless, they've had a, a lot of rest. So I'm expecting Goddard to be fully healthy. Um, and uh, plus, now, uh, yep, Alshon's back. I don't know if that's good or a bad thing. We'll see. Um, but Rieger's back. Um, 
Fulgham has absolutely uh, turned into a, a very good wide receiver one. Miles Sanders is, is, is back for this one. And we already talked about it in the running back portion that, you know, the Giants um, give up tons of the, you know, targets to the, to the running back. So that should help uh, his numbers there. So, um, you will, so I think I, I'm expecting the mo- most of uh, Miles Sanders' production to come through the pass this week, and that should certainly help Wentz is what I was trying to say. Um, so, yeah, uh, I could definitely see that, that game going off to a certain extent. And, you know, and the Giants have their weapons. Or you know, they're, they're, at least their receiving weapons are getting healthier. I don't know what to, what's going to happen with Golden Tate or what the hell's going on with Golden Tate. But Sterling Shepard and Evan Ingram um, are two uh, strong weapons, along with uh, Slayton, which we already know. So, um, I mean, that's that's more than enough to to make this a competitive game and for it to potentially shoot out. So I, I can get on board there. Um, but that's it. Nobody else. I like no one else. Yeah, and I'm so, going to condense mine down. I just like to you know bring up some points that people can go off of and try and mess with i'll definitely be heavier on those six guys at the top that i mentioned and then i'll sprinkle in some of these guys down below and just some certain stacks um but i i you know and you did drew Brees. like drew Brees could absolutely get there again you know especially with michael thomas back so i could i could see that too all right let's uh yeah, I just, gonna... when i look at this last week he got four touchdowns and 23 fantasy points like that's crazy he and... just uh, it's uh, it's so hard for him to get to a ceiling now i guess is the challenge you could he sure but it's like what did he do for yardage i didn't even look maybe that's why he, i was 222 yards but even then the last three weeks four five five of the last six weeks he hasn't hit 300 yards and then so even when he does throw four touchdowns if he doesn't hit that doesn't rush for he literally rushes for negatives because it's the kneel down at the end of the game so yeah we can go to wide receiver it's just that one's harder for me to see i would try on tom with these big weapons taking you know 70 yard touchdowns to the house versus some of these short catch and pass things like we have with a guy like michael thomas typically all right uh wide receiver Devonte adams is going to be uh, projected to be the highest owned um great matchup but there's like there's that little that that shadow doubt now with like Aaron Jones back healthy, uh, game where they're close to two touchdown favorites, um, you know at home you know maybe maybe he doesn't have the monster game but like you you can't take away what this guy brings to the table, um, from a uh, let's see what he let me just pull up from like a target share perspective, he he's number one in target share amongst all wide receivers by a good margin. Um, at 33 and a half percent. So 33 and a half percent of the targets are going to him. So 70 targets on the season, 53 receptions, 675 yards, but really what is it's the touchdowns. He has eight freaking receiving touchdowns so far. This, you know, absolutely Rogers looks his way uh, for the end zone. So I I get that the guy I love um, for 1500 less is Diggs. So Diggs, if we want to pull up stats here, Diggs is leading in the league in receptions, uh, 63, targets, 91, and receiving yards, 813 receiving yards, uh, ranks second in both total air yards and target percentage, only behind Devontae Adams on the target percentage. So he's the number two. So basically he's a clear number one. Um, it should help him with a healthy John Brown back um, as, you know, there's there's room for 
for both of these guys in a game that should have so many plays with, uh, and that should be competitive um, with the, the Cardinals. So this game should play fast, 56 point total. Um, only thing is he hasn't had the touchdowns, right? And so there's that, there's that caveat there with like Josh Allen potentially running them in um, or just Diggs hasn't been the, the end zone guy, but there's also the potential for touchdown regression and a big touchdown game to come his way too. So I love Diggs, 7,500. I love this game. I've already said like him, another guy um, uh, I like a lot. I mean, you laughed at the price. I laughed at the price. It's Keenan Allen. It's just, it's just so easy. So um want to talk target percentages again. So it's going to be, I already know that's the top three. Devontae Adams, number one, Stefan Diggs, number two, Keenan Allen, number three, with uh, close to 30% target share. Um, so, and he gets the matchup this week um, in the slot. Um, so the, 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 the Dolphins have a good secondary, but um, the, the slot is, is handled by Nick Needham, um, who per pro football focus has a lot of 69% catch rate, over 10 yards uh, per reception. So this is a guy that Herbert just locks on and he has the matchup this week. He's a PPR monster. His price is still completely fine. The only thing that was holding him back was touchdowns, but he's now scored. He's on the end zone each of the last two weeks, but like, we're going to, we're still going to see a multi-touchdown game from him. So that could, that's, I'm going to call that this week. We're going to get a multi-touchdown game from Keenan Allen and he's going to go absolutely nuclear. Other than that, um, my favorite from there would be Terry McLaurin. Um, I know he's, he's up there in price, but this is another guy, for, at least from like an air yards percentage, where he just gets a monster share of his target share and air yards. Um, he's a speed mismatch with anybody. Um, you saw him, what he did to, to Roby uh, last week, when he, when he in, which was kind of a fluke play, but, you know, busted one to the house, which I was excited. I had him. Um, now the problem is, is his quarterback play, right? Like you're <laughs> the tough, tough, tough to work with uh, Alex Smith. But um, anyways, in the dome, I know Cardi's going to like that. I think he's been tweeting off uh, of some things about him as well. Um, but uh, I agree. So Terry McLaurin is like my number three guy that I like a lot. And then um I'll let you uh, – then you can get into Nuke and uh, some of the other guys that you like best. I, I still like Adams to the top. Like I said, I don't believe the ownership just yet. We'll see what happens. I, I get it, the way he's shown up and everything like that. And I'm not saying it's going to be low, low. I'm just saying I don't believe 30% yet. I think way more people gravitate towards Aaron Jones. Maybe it goes the opposite of that by the end of the week because people start talking about it thinking the same way I am. But just we've seen it before with the Cowboys to start the season a couple times. Uh, you know, other situations. So I, I like a little Hopkins in there. You mentioned Tredavious White being banged up. It doesn't really matter. Nuke, because, you know, Nuke, he's going to do his thing. Those two guys in between. So Adams and Diggs right now are projected to be the two highest owned on the slate, I believe. Yeah, they are. And you've got, uh, you know, Adams, who I love, but right there, you've got Metcalf, who I already talked about. It doesn't matter who you want to put on him. I'm just going to play him. He doesn't have, you know, if you look at, um, Lockett, and I know we're game log watching here, but just to bring up some points, is like it's like two games that Metcalf, Metcalf hasn't had great games versus, you know, Lockett has four games out of his last six or seven where it's under 10 fantasy points. It's just he does have the 50-pointer in there that so throws everybody off. But uh, I'm still going to go with Metcalf and just continue to play him. I think it's a real thing. This is the, the relationship they have, what they want to do. He's We talk about a grown man. doesn't matter 
what's really happened. You know, last game, they both made some mistakes, him and Wilson, and they still both had fantastic games. So I'm still going to go there. I like that he's 100 bucks more than Diggs, who's going to be popular. Like you said, Diggs hasn't had the touchdowns yet, so they could show up, but it could be somebody else that shows up for them as well. They've got other guys there. So uh, I like Metcalf quite a bit. We're both in on Allen. Uh, I'm in on McLaurin. McLaurin's kind of like a, a mini Allen, even though he's only 300 bucks cheaper, but he just gets all the targets. Just like you said, with Alex Smith at the helm, I'm not quite as sure. And then I don't know what you're doing here with Cup or Woods. I, I'm leaning Woods for the savings. I know it's only 300 bucks, but man, I, and I know it feels like chasing after last game too, but I, I'm kind of liking Woods a little bit more than Cup. I did see some stuff posted out there about man versus zone. He's better against zone. Seattle plays a lot of zone. Uh, so I don't know, maybe you could play them both, but uh, I'm not as high on Goff. We didn't talk a lot about him earlier. So I'd rather just use one of these guys on the opposite side of my Wilson stack. And it would, for me, it would be Woods. Where are you at between those two? Yeah, I like them both. Um, I, I'd be lying if I tell you I had a preference. I wanted to play Cooper Cup. I mean, the targets that he, the, how did this dude only put up 25 fantasy points with 21 targets um, in his last Crazy. game? But like when I see 21 targets, that just, blows my mind but like we already know that teams pass at the highest rate and probably ever against the Seattle defense Seattle has a good run stopping defense um, and they uh, aren't getting a ton of pressure and uh, they're now going to be with you know without uh, without Shaq so um, I, I like both guys because those are the, those are like the two key cogs in this Rams offense is Woods and cup but like i just see those targets and i, I want to play cup plus he was you know had was banged up a little bit um with a wrist injury and so i'm wondering if like that people will will that will affect uh ownership by the by the the weekend I, i'm not sure what to make of that how popular they're going to be i'd probably take the one that's going to be least popular they're both so similar in price but they you can play them both together too but obviously then i'd want to play golf and i don't really want to play golf um so um, I don't know, man. I'm, I'd be lying if I told you I had a preference. But I, they're both like phenomenal plays. What about this next range here? Keep going down because unless you want to talk about Lockett, I just sort of you know made the case for both sides in that game. But I just I'm with Metcalf still. But Robbie Anderson sticks out to me right down here. You know, first off, we know Davis is going to be extremely high owned. You can go Anderson. You can go Samuel, who we'll get to in a bit here, but. If you look at Robbie Anderson, like targets per game have been insanely good. Catches, solid, you know, yardage, decent, get, hitting the bonus here and there. But he has one touchdown, and it was the first week of the season. That's another one. I know it's Teddy Bridgewater throwing you the, throwing you the ball, so it makes it a little bit tougher. But 6,100 against Tampa, if you don't think Davis is going to get there and you do think Tom and the boys are going to go off however they get there, I do like having Robbie Anderson at 6,100 on the other side. Yeah. Um, so he would be the, the Carolina guy I'd like most, um, you know, it's basically just comes down to his percentage of air yards, which is close to 40%. Um, it's definitely the, you know, this is a guy that they're, they're, they're looking to often. So Anderson is the guy with big play upside. It's a tough matchup for sure, but um, we, you know, it, it's a way to get off of uh, Mike Davis for sure and to have more upside, right? Like all he has needs to do is get loose for one. Um, DJ Moore would interest me a little bit, but like the guy that I, I always keep going back to is Curtis Samuel. Like he may pick up some of this rushing 
um, oh, yeah. Void, right? Like he's like he's kind of a leverage play to me against Mike Davis because um, you get like you could get it from both angles. He might get some of these rushes and rushes and gadget plays or a rushing touchdown, which he's done, but um, he's also a deep threat um and and used the eyes in the passing game so and he's coming on and on um with each wet with each week uh as we go here so um anderson would be my preferred um curtis samuel would be the second guy i mean man he nine targets three rushing uh in the last game against kc i didn't even realize he went for th- close to 30 fantasy points i just looking that up now but now 17 21 then 29 over up. his last three weeks yeah <laughs> 35 I, I, up this week i see a trend and like i still don't hear him getting talked about and uh, he's projected to be low owned and he's such an obvious leverage play here so like man yeah that makes a lot of sense to me, but like Robbie Anderson is an obvious re- leverage play too, and has more of that like monster deep, deep ups, you know, deep passing game upside. But uh, of course, he's he's a little bit more expensive, correct? Should be. Oh yeah, yeah, and I mean it goes like this: it's uh, you know, Anderson's sixty one hundred, DJ Moore's fifty one hundred, and then for two hundred bucks less, you can just play Samuel, who, like you said, gets he's got. In the last week was 30 DK points. The week before was 21. That the week before that was 17. And in the previous two weeks where it was 17 and 21, he got a rushing touchdown each week in the red zone. So they're using him there already. He could definitely steal Mike Davis's thunder in a heartbeat. So it's just another reason. The more we go through it, to, you know, like we're we're not loving that play. I don't think when you've got all these other options. Um. Yeah. And, and another thing I'm just reading now, Curtis Samuel's matchup in the slot is the best of the bunch. Um, this guy, uh, Sean Murphy bunting, um, has been getting torched and allowed three touchdowns in coverage so far this season. So, um, man, I'm writing this down. I'm starring this one as I'm going to definitely have a bunch of Curtis Samuel this week. And I had, I had no intention of that coming in. All right. Yeah, it's, a good, um, it's a good play, man. There's there's other guys here though too. The Miami guys we should talk about because you got Devontae Parker, uh, Jakeem Grant, both those guys there against the Chargers in that game. If we like Herbert as we do, you can you know run it back with one of these guys pretty easily. Five K for Devontae Parker seems extremely cheap, even though I know Grant's going to get the love here. But yeah, I still like Devontae Parker at five thousand as well. Yeah, I, I worry about Tua and and his his what he can really bring to the table in the passing game. I know he did have two touchdowns, but like, I think it's going to be in like shorter, shorter um, yardage variety. Um, and he's really more of a threat with the legs. Devonte is too cheap. I, I do agree there. Um, I do also know that Casey Hayward is phenomenal um, and not someone I want to pick on. Um, but I think you got to go with uh, a number one wide receiver that cheap, as the the preferred play but i do downgrade him because of that matchup but um i man i i mean these other guys price is just so cheap so i mean jakeem grant is just is min price right 3k yeah i mean he's he's gonna be operating as a number two wide receiver um did get five targets last week 35 yards but um who who's their number three gonna be? It is we just this team Who cares. Who cares? Oh, so we forgot about Gaskin earlier. Now we're going through this again and we keep thinking about it. It's uh Mac Hollins this week. 
Yeah. Oh man. Uh, wasn't he on? He was an eagle, wasn't he? Eagle. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Man, I'm not playing him. So, man, Jakeem Grant's uh, definitely you should have some. He's explosive. He can he can have he can bust off for a big play. I know he and he's going to have a better matchup for sure than uh, Parker. But this passing game may struggle overall, in general. Um, but there are garbage points to be had. And the yeah, price is so you know, cheap. Looking at it, I'll probably play some Tua Grant Parker. Because the thing about it is I know who yeah, to run it back get... with on the Chargers. Just put Keenan Allen on the other side. And it's yeah. so cheap. 8000 bucks for Grant and Parker. And you, yeah, but guess what? If they bust, so did Tua. So the lineup was garbage anyway. So who cares? Just throw that lineup in the garbage. And then, like, I mean, you can do so any. Many. you could do anything you want from there. You could put like, you could yeah. do like, Diggs and Nuke together, like you not have to worry about either, you know, either the Josh Allen or Murray and that, you know, like you could just hope that they, they just eat all the passing. Just, if I run it back passing. with Allen, I only got a flex spot left. He's one of those guys, but I'm saying. That oh yeah. You're double. Expensive. Sorry. So you're double stack. I was thinking, either either way, like we'll Jakeem get to tight end, but yeah, you can get a couple guys in there. I'm just saying that's you, or you can do that. Like if you're a single stack, that's a good point. You don't have to do it. Have two a hit Jakeem Grant. They're a cheap combination. Run it back with Allen because he's going to get all the touches either way. He fits any throw, game script, basically. And then, and then throw, throw out Diggs and Nuke. Yeah. And I like yeah, it. That could yeah, definitely, definitely be done. Um, yep. Uh, other guys we've already touched on, like Brandon Cooks. Uh, Will Fuller is always a, a good play. Um, I mean, I, I love Jerry Judy. I just think he's a, a athletic freak. I think you're going to have – you'll have some tough games, but I think he's on a roll after last week's game, and I think the the matchup sets up well for him in this one. And, I, I mean, it's just like – I just want upside. Like, so I, I always – I love this, like, 5K range in DraftKings, like anywhere from, like, 5 to 6K upside receivers, and he's someone that fits the bill there. So um, I like that. Um, and I like John Brown again. Like, his price has gone up. So, you know, to 5,300, but, you know, all it takes is one touchdown for him to absolutely get there in a game that I love. Um, he's going to have the the better matchup, um, at least on paper, um, depending on what you think of uh, Peterson. So, um, John Brown, I certainly find is in play again. Um, let's talk about Steelers. Um, you know, we've already said one way, you know, there, there are the – the Bengals are terrible, terrible defense overall, but terrible against the run. But um, so one way to play is James Conner. But the other way is with Deontay Johnson, who's priced uh, reasonable and coming on strong. I don't know what to do, you know, because it's always that the three headed monster there with Chase Claypool um, and uh, Juju. And um, so I don't I, do you have a preference on any of those guys? Man, Claypool just keeps going. That's the thing about him. He's a big dude. They, they call him Mapletron, man, the Canadian guy. So I like this guy. There you guy go. There it is. A lot. So I'm probably going to roll him. I do like, uh, you know, the price and the upside of a guy like Deontay. So I can definitely get there as well. But like I said, I like this game. So I have some pieces of this game. T. Higgins is right there in that mix at 5,500. If Mixon's doubtful, you know, and – most would think Bernard would be the, the next guy up, but I think that just leans him to that leans Burrow to go to the guys that he trusts. And it, you know, it's been Higgins so far this season. Boyd's another guy you can use a little bit more, but Higgins is cheaper. So um, I, I like those pieces from this game. I would say it'd be Higgins, Deontay Johnson and Claypool. Th those are the three that would stand out to me. Or Juju's bounced back some, but um, I kind of like Claypool and Deontay more price and just 
you know, opportunity aside. All right, Mr. Tom Brady, um, you've already, you've already uh, expressed your love for him. Who's the, who's your favorite receiver option with him? Is it Evans? Is it Brown? Is it Godwin? I think it's Godwin, but with a side of uh, a side platter of Antonio Brown, it's, I don't know. It just feels clear that he's not in with, you know, Evans. I know there's some coach speak going around that, you know, Evans is getting open, was open, you know, Brady's got to figure it out, whatever, but guess what? Like I said earlier, you know, everyone's going to want things to be found out. I think he's going to continue to go to who he wants to go to. Who's going to score points for the team and for him, he wants to win. He just got embarrassed on national television against a longtime rival. Yes. He's got the, the plenty of the rings to, you know, five up them or four up them, whatever the numbers are against them now in Super Bowls, as far as who has more, it's Brady by a mile. But I think that it's still important to him to bounce back. I think he's going to go to the guys that work. And so, you know, I know that they're only a little bit cheaper, 300 bucks cheaper or something. I think it's 6,300 for Evans, 6,000 for Godwin. What did, uh, you know, Godwin do last game? Not much, to be honest, but nobody did. And then what's Antonio Brown this week? He's um, 5,800. Yeah, a little bit less there again. So, yeah, I'm, I'm on Godwin, then Brown, then Evans. That's how I rate them out. So the way I see it, as I say, I say go Evans Godwin. I say let Antonio Brown have his time to learn the playbook to get – they'll get him involved light, like lightly, I think. And I don't think it's going to – you know how everyone was saying, oh, Brady's going to force it to, to Antonio Brown when, right, as soon as he got him. I don't think that's going to be the case. I think it's like come playoff time, that may very well be the case. But right now, let him, let him get, get his feet wet, learn the offense more, understand the playbook – and um, let him rip with Mike Evans or Godwin. Um, yeah, match mix them up. up. I, I mean, nobody wants any of them. They, they're like 2% and 5% owned. But yeah, I, I'm, that, that they're good plays. They're, they're, one of those guys is going to go absolutely berserk. Yeah. Just like Tyreek went nuts last week. One of those guys is going off. Yeah. So uh, I don't know which one, but uh, play one of them. Um. All right. Uh, anyone else that we're, we're leaving off? Uh, I don't think so, man. You can play, I guess the one other conversation would be Galladay out, but I never, I can't get Amendola right if I tried. I don't even know if he's ever had a 20-point week, maybe one time. Like, I just don't care enough. And Marvin Jones hasn't done shit all season. So um, I'd probably play like uh, a little bit to your point there on Judy earlier. I like him, but I feel like with the price going up and everyone following suit, I like uh, Hamler, got like 10 targets last week. And also uh, Tim Patrick is back. And, you know, he was in the mix as well. And he can catch a long bomb or something there. That game, you never know what could happen. So I I like that. He had nine targets himself last week in a touchdown. So, um, and he's got like a 17, a 26, a 14, a 13 last week. Like for as far as scoring goes, DK wise, I kind of like those guys for cheaper as ways to just get a little bit different if you are going to use pieces within that game. Um. So you did touch on it. So Galladay out again. Um, you look at the last three weeks now, the trending upwards for Marvin Jones. Um, you know, got a touchdown last week, two touchdowns the week before. Hasn't had a big yardage game yet. Um, but they're probably not going to have tons of success rushing on the ground. Um, I do like Swift, but um, it's, it, I mean, it just, there's, it just feels like at this point, like Marvin Jones, people are so sick to their stomach with this guy. They don't want to play him. But like, if this was like 
or right in the beginning of the season, he'd be absolute monster chalk now with Galladay out. Uh, I only problem is Patricia and, you know, they just love to run, 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 but they're probably going to have a tough time running against the stout Washington front like everyone else does and uh, should have better success through the air. So, um, I, I, he's, I, he's, I, he's like I, the I'm, Drew Brees of wide receiver. He gets a two touchdown game and still gets, you know, seven targets, two touchdowns and comes away with 18. Like he's so hard to get a ceiling out of. So I don't know. It's, it's tough. I mean, the I'm Washington, all... def- the Washington defense overall has been very good in general to, to both, but uh, I still believe in this guy. I still think there's upside there. That's what I'm saying. And like, if his ownership is, going to be extremely low uh, i'm not sure how much of a bump he'll get now with now with galladay being ruled out but uh probably, probably not too much i think much, like you yeah. said people are more over the play than they are worried about who's in and out in this game which is funny because on a chalky week like this like we already talked about where everyone's sort of on one game or one stack and all this you know two stacks in that game one game though um you should be looking for plays like this these are the ways you know make it stand out. Even within those stacks, you could plug in a guy like him, and you're basically getting a wide receiver one in Marvin Jones for 5,200 because Galladay's out. And like you said, the only way to really get to Washington is going to be through the air, most likely. So I don't hate it for that reason. It's just it, it's it's hard to do right now. He's projected for 0.7 percent ownership. If that tells you anything. So, but again, you've got John Brown, Mike Williams, Deontay Johnson, DJ Moore, Sterling Shepard. We didn't, I mentioned earlier, you got all these guys around him. That it, that's the other reason that it just who cares that he's you know Galladay's out and he's he's getting untouched. These guys are all under ten percent as well and right in the mix. Man, I'd want to play some Tyler Boyd, but I wish he was a little bit cheaper. Um, we should play him. He gets the matchup for uh, against the Steelers. And you know that they're going to be a ton of passing attempts with Burrow because that's just what he does. So um, I can get there. Uh, um, only other guys like down cheap, real cheap. I guess you could always go back to David Moore, even though he kind of had his game last week. But um, or on the other side, and this may be a Josh Reynolds week at 3,500. I don't know if he's being talked about. I am assuming he probably will be because that's just natural thing to like look for a cheap receiver against this Seattle defense that just gets torched in the pass. So if he like the more he gets talked about, the more ownership, the less interest I'll have. But if like, he's not getting talked about much, then uh, he's someone I could, I could definitely use. Yeah. I don't hate that play either. Like I said, he's been getting enough work and he'll get talked up some, but I don't think he's going to be like super chalk at 3,500 or anything. So I can definitely get there as well. All right. Tight end, which is easy this week. We just play your boy, Darren Waller. The baller, Darren Waller. Yeah. 5,900. And then behind him, we use some Evan Ingram and we use some uh, Goddard and uh, we call it maybe some Noah Fant and we call it an, call it a day. And uh, I like a little Hawkinson. Don't forget him yeah. this week. He's good, you know, he's good to go now. I believe good. I saw in practice reports today. So that's another way to get to Washington with Galladay out. So I think that's the, the interesting play there. Uh, any cheap guy? I mean, we didn't even need to talk. Any cheap guys? I mean, uh, so Austin Hooper is back. Um, practiced okay. in full. Uh, ready to return. Um, we know this uh, this Houston defense is just horrendous. Um, a tight end makes some sense here in this game. I mean, it's interesting, right? We didn't even talk about like Nick Chubb or Kareem Hunt being both being back, but they like both have uh, an insanely good matchup. It wouldn't shock me if one of them goes absolutely off just by like even even with them sharing 
uh, or splitting splitting some of the, the backfield work in this game. Wouldn't shock me for one of them to go off, but it also wouldn't shock me for them in the in a cold game against this defense for a guy like Austin Hoover to have a decent game and get in the end zone. Yeah, I forgot to mention Chubb earlier. That is one that I like. Remember, I, I was talking quite a bit about the Watson stack leverage up against the um, Duke Johnson stuff there. So I do think that's the guy I would use. Hunt is fine as well. I, you know, I like that Chubb's back. I think they'll want to run him out there if it's colder weather, that sort of stuff like we just talked about. I think uh, he'd be a good play in like game stacks and whatnot that you could use him there. And then the other guy uh, you just mentioned at tight end is Hooper. He's interesting. A couple of the other cheaper guys, you you mentioned him earlier and I liked it, was uh, Dallas Goddard being you know ready to go here at 4,200 against the Giants. I think that's a pretty good spot start that you can use there. Um, what's the deal with the Rams this week? I think um, with Higby and... Um, and Everett, Everett's like 3,100. So uh, he kind of stands out a little bit. And then one other guy I had, who was it? Um, oh, no, if you already said him, Noah Fant, uh, you know, that's a 4,900 bucks is another guy just with upside. It's a hundred, it's thousand bucks, sorry, cheaper than Darren Waller in a great spot. The Raiders used to be the funnel. I know it's the Las Vegas Raiders now and that, you know, a little bit different squad, but uh, I do like that as another guy just to be different. Like I said, people are on Judy for sure. I know he's a little bit, you know, questionable or whatever as it stands, but I think he's going to play. So I'm not worried about that. So it's going to be um, Drew Locke, Fant. And then you've got, like I said, Hamler, Patrick. There's other guys you can use in that game. So he would be the other one that stands out a little bit for me. I'm trying to think if there's anybody else here that I missed. You got anybody else? Oh, Gronk. I talked about earlier. Uh, I like Gronk a little bit healthier in that game against Carolina. That might be it though, man. I don't know. You got anybody it's, else? To me, it's like, I just don't want to play all these crap guys. So it's like, we don't have the, the we, so Waller is just such an easy play because he's a wide receiver one. You're getting a guy that he's second in the league and targets right behind uh, uh, Travis Kelsey for um, in 72 targets, 50 receptions, uh, second in both in the league. Uh, for amongst tight ends so it's just easy you get a wide receiver one he's actually didn't he finally I think he's uh, he's got he's gotten in the end zone three of their last four games um, the Broncos have been uh, giving up a ton of production to opposing tight ends so he's he's just the easy preferred play we don't have to worry about Kelsey we don't have to worry about George Kittle so he's he's like the clear number one I'm back always on the Evan Ingram train um I just believe in this guy. Um, touchdown regression finally hit. He hit the end zone, and he's just still not going to get enough love. Um, uh, Philly has been uh, bad against uh, for production for um, opposing tight ends. He did see nine targets in the game that they played before. Um, he only had 46 yards, didn't get the end zone. But I think they're getting, they're getting, they're utilizing him better now. They're seeing so we've now got nine, ten, ten for targets in the last three games, you know, as a, what we, we, when we weren't, you know, and that this is also a function of the, the offense getting healthier too with uh, Shepard and Slayton and, and just opening it up for Ingram, um, you know, as, as opposed to just everybody honing in on him and shutting him down. Cause if, if, if you're going to let this guy work, you know, he, he can do, he's a, he's an athletic freak. He can do damage. Yeah. His hands aren't the best and he, he makes some drops, which will annoy you, but uh, he's a beast. So, and his quarterback isn't the greatest, but whatever. But um, 
this is a good matchup for sure. His price is still reasonable. So to me, it's just real easy. Just trim down these this this tight end pool as and make it real real small. Although it's like, you know, one of these guys like Tyler Eifert or somebody's going to get like a touchdown or two and get like lucky and like you're going to end up needing them for like monster field GPPs. But I don't know. I don't know. I, I don't like anybody else besides like that short Waller, Goddard, Ingram, maybe Hooper. I do like fan and that's it. I mean, what's, what's up? Hunter Henry just does nothing. Yeah. What's he's, up with I was just about to say with him, cause he's right between guy like Goddard and you got, you mentioned Hooper and he's the one that would be sort of that little mini slate breaker, right? You'd end up seeing it. I actually don't mind. I just wrote this down here. A secondary stack. It's funny you brought him up was I wrote down Jakeem Grant and Hunter Henry. Just put there them as go. a little cheap, cheap secondary stack across from each other. Get your big other dudes around them because they're cheap enough. He's one that's going to pop off eventually here. We like Herbert. Not saying you got to stack them up with them. I just think you could have those two because it's like you said, it's, you know, there's Waller, Hawkinson, Fant. I'm giving a couple extra with Gronk and, and Hawkinson there, but Ingram, Goddard, Hooper, and Henry. Like that's it. The rest, it's if they get there, they get there. And it's, you know, is it going to really matter in the grand scheme of things? Because then the other, you know, eight guys in those lineups still have to be accurate or connected or correlated. So I, I'm good with the smaller tight end pool here just to make things make sense. But I do like that uh, Henry Grant little secondary stack. That'll be my, my round out here. All right. Let's, uh, let's close the show on uh, top stacks or top stack, whichever you prefer. Um, let me see here. I mean, it's... We know yours. We know yours. We already know Yeah, that. I mean, my, I'm, I'm going to be Mr. Chalk this week. So, um, yeah, I'm going to be eating chalk. And it's going to be... It's going to be... Uh, it's, I'm going to pr- play the, 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 the Josh Allen angle with, uh, with Diggs and Brown together. Um, although, but like, that's still... I don't, you don't even have just one or the other. I, I'm, I've been doing all skinny stacks, uh, all, all single man stacks um, with these rushing quarterbacks. But, uh, I mean, you can use both of them. But Diggs is going to be my preferred guy. I do like John Brown as well. Uh, I'm going to bring it back with probably Christian Kirk or Hopkins. I mean, this is as chalky as it as can get, and I'm going to try to figure out a way to make it less chalky. Uh, and it's probably going to be um, with uh, trying to have a pivot off of Mike Davis. Um, well, it's just like use Josh Allen with Brown. Brown is your Mike Davis and then put nuke in the lineup and that's your Aaron Jones and then figure out to go off Aaron Jones and Davis at running back to whoever you want. You've named a bunch of guys that you love and then jam up maybe the flex or the wide receiver. Boom. You've got a nice little setup there. That's basically doing the opposite thing on both sides to be able to get yourself near the the top, hopefully. So I'm going to be building them like that myself. That's just the way I could think about it. But for me, it's Russell Wilson, DK Metcalf, and then Robert Woods, let's just say those three, um, you know, for one that stands out quite a bit to me, I, I'm going to go back to Metcalf if people aren't. I like Woods over Cup this week. I'm taking a stand there. And then I guess you can go down there. It would be the, the Brady stacks, right, as a secondary. Just You're going to have to mix it up. You're, you know, no way you're going to know which guy it's going to be. So uh, if I am using Brady, I like using two wide receivers with him. He's unlike, who, you know, you just talked about with Allen and Murray. They rush. Brady does not. So I will definitely have him paired up with at least two of those guys. And I'll just mix between Gronk, Evans, um, Godwin, and Brown. And you can, I will give you permission to use Leonard Fournette with him this week. Um, because no, I, of, I was going to use Samuel. We already starred the guy 
and had everything low. Oh, oh you're talking man, about love... his side. Sorry, Fournette. Yeah. I, yeah. I thought you were th- you thought you were going to the Carolina side for a minute. Yeah. No, I'll use some Leonard Fournette, and you definitely could use them together. You're right. Um. Uh. And my other my other stacks. You know, I'm sorry. My, I'm gonna be. I'm gonna. You know, you'll see. I'm gonna have a ton of chalk this week, and that's just gonna be the way that I play it. But um, the Justin Herbert to Keenan Allen. Um, you know, bring it back with who, I don't even care who I bring it back with, but probably Devonte. I mean, that's chalky too. But like, um, and then Drew Locke to uh, to Judy, and uh, as a way to you know, since I'm gonna be playing Waller. Um, you know, Locke will add a little bit of differentiation because I don't think he'll be too popular. Um, so those are my stacks. I know they're all kind of chalky this week, but I think they're all going to hit, to be honest with you. Um, so uh, I, I guess that's a wrap. Um, good luck to everyone. You know, good luck to you. You know, now that we don't have Killer B holding us down, uh, bringing us down this week, you know, now you're going to be able to shine this week. Tambo. The breakout. It's coming this week. This, this, is, this is the one. Is, this, is, this, is, this is the, the four-touchdown game for, for Canada's number one DFS player. Um, so, all right. Uh, this has been the RGDFS Tournament Takes Podcast. Good luck to everybody in week 10, and we'll catch you next week. Thanks.